listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about sorting your books by mood. It's a trend, y'all, and we're going to cover it. A mood Uh, ring for your bookshelf. (laughs) We're testing out an unusual book light and solving a problem of getting rid of signed books, personalized Mm. books. We have opinions. Actually, we have differing opinions, I think, on this one, but we will see. Oh, wow. We'll see. Uh, Well, first, what are you reading, Bria? I am reading a book. I read a book that you are currently reading, I believe. Uh, It is called She's a Haunting by Trang Thon Tran. I picked it up because, first of all, the cover is cool. The cover is very cool. It's like a woman, and she has little flowers kind of growing out of her mouth, and there's something about it that I just was like, I'm going to read this book. It's really really cool. Um, How far into it are you? I'm like 10 or 15. I'm, I'm, I'm e-reading it, so I think I'm like 10 or 15% in. And I picked it up because it's a haunted house book. Oh, well, yeah, like, that's what so I was obviously so, I was going to read it. I mean, that's kind of all you need to know. It's a haunted house book set in Vietnam. And it's this woman, this this uh, this girl goes back to visit, to hang out with her estranged father. And um, the house is weird. And she she she's close to her mother and her sister. And her sister's with her. But her father has kind of, she, she's going to college and her father has offered her some money to stay with him for the summer. And he's like reopening this house that has this long history and he needs her help sort of working on it. And she meets uh, a cool girl. There, uh, there uh, is, uh, And she's bisexual, which I know a lot of people are always looking for. Cool, so hot girl. Yeah, bisexual uh, haunted house book set in uh, Vietnam. It's a very cool, super cool location if... If setting is your is your thing, this really will uh, definitely check some boxes for some glassers. But I thought it was super enjoyable. Um, what are you reading, Molly? I am reading a book that I was just telling you that I think you would really like. It's one of the anticipated books we talked about in our special anticipated books bonus episode uh, that came out uh, during the Maximum Fun Drive. Uh, it's Edvika and the Hollywood Wives by Carthana Ramasetti and... This is a really great book if you are a fan of Taylor Jenkins Reid. Mm-hmm. If you love, like, Hollywood p- intrigue uh, with, like, lots of glamour, this is a great book for you. It is, uh, it's about this woman, and uh, she is in her 20s. She considers herself a failed screenwriter. She's, like, working at a catering company to pay the bills while she's, like, tr- she's trying to get a job in, like, a, in a writer's room and on a TV show. She's, like, really scraping by. And one night, she gets hired to be a bartender at the governor's ball after the Oscars and um while she's working there this like really handsome older man she finds out he's in his 60s comes up and like starts charming her and wooing her and taking care of her because people are being this 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 woman ends up being really really mean to her and he gets this woman booted out and like she is so taken with this man she doesn't even know who he is but she he has an Oscar with him so she knows he has to be like Like he's carrying it around yeah, like it's like literally after the ceremony. Oh, 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 oh okay, okay, okay. That'd be really funny if he was just like Here's my all Oscar. the time yeah. carrying around his Oscar. Um, and they end up, he ends up taking her out to a diner that night. And they like, just they end up having this like whirlwind romance, even though he's 41 years older than her. And so they like very quickly get engaged, very quickly get married. And she starts to 
slowly find out weird things about him like she realizes that he's his she's his fourth wife and he ne- will never talk about his other wives and she's very like enthralled with his lifestyle because you know he's very glamorous he has a lot of money and she's been you know living in a apartment with a bil- billion roommates for a while so she's like so happy to have this lifestyle change and then his first wife who is a famous actress dies and she leaves her her this woman that she's never met this the main character of the story she leaves this guy's latest wife uh a million dollars in a film reel but she can only get it if she divorces him yeah and I suddenly leave. this sounds so good oh it's so good and suddenly she's like looking at this her new husband very differently she's like oh my god what did i get myself into and it's just like this big mystery oh it's so so good uh so that's avika and the hollywood wives by Krithana Rimasetti. And mine is She is a Haunting by Trang Thon Trin. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got so much feedback about our literary fiction episode. Uh, Dan wrote in to say, Brian Mallory, listening to your latest episode made me think of the utterly cringy time in my pretentious early 20s when I chided some very nice book clerks for placing David Sedaris in humor. Sedaris is literature. <laughs> Didn't they know anything? A perfectionist, I have always been pulled towards the books that society deems quote unquote important so that I then too can be the guy who reads important books. Fortunately, I have mostly managed to resist that impulse. Recently, I found E.T. the Extraterrestrial, a novel by William Cotswinkle based on a screenplay by Melissa Matheson on my parents' bookshelf. Nostalgia and curiosity led me to read it, and it's great literature. <laughs> I found it beautifully written, compelling, and moving. Great writing is great writing, no matter where it is placed, literally or figuratively. Thanks for all that you do for us book lovers. Oh my god, I kind of love that. Like, someone being kind of a literary snoot and then loving the E.T. novelization and realizing that I know, like, I know. literature can be good in, that like great books can be in in any genre. I just imagine Dave going Thanks, in, ET. Yeah, going into bookstores now and then moving ET onto the the, <laughs> the literary fiction shelf. He's like, oh I'm sorry, I've read this. This belongs here. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, Dan. Congratulations. Welcome to the world of genre. (laughs) Beth wrote in and said, Bria and Mallory, thank you so much for your episode about Litfic. I have a relative who every year, without fail at Christmas, will ask you what I've been reading slash watching. And I'll say say things like Bodies, Bodies, Bodies or Marvelous Light. And then she'll say, oh, I don't really like that kind of thing. I'm sure she's trying to make conversation, but it gets on my nerves. Maybe this year I can suggest she read some Emily St. John Mandel or just say, change the subject to what's for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Emily St. John Mandel is a really great gateway for people who've only read literary fiction to get into sci-fi. Yeah, agreed. I totally agree. Totally agree. That's a good one. Beth, I say go for it. Let us know how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let us know how it goes on Christmas this year. Uh, Abby wrote in to say, Hi, Brian Mallory. First, I want to say I love the show. I've gotten so many wonderful recommendations from you both and always have fun listening. I also saw you at Storyfest at the ah. Westport Library. It was so rad. Thank you for coming to Connecticut. Uh, Abby, thank you so much for, for coming there. We had a great time. Uh, Abby said, I had some thoughts about your conversation about the term literary fiction. I'm a youth services librarian and a term that educators and librarians often use with young people is realistic fiction. This is used just like any other genre term to describe these stories that are grounded in reality without what adult readers would call genre elements. It has subgenres like any other genre, school stories, family stories, friendship stories, etc. Realistically, I don't see adult book snoots adopting a term we mostly use with kids and teens, but I really like that it positions the genre alongside all the other genres. It also uncouples genres 
genre from the idea of literary merit. Mm -hmm. Genre stories can have wonderful prose and characterization and stories based in reality can be poorly written. If kids evaluate literary elements, regardless of genre, adults can too. P.S. My real house is mysteries in general, small towns, or close-knit communities, treasure hunts, secret societies, kids with careers, kid detective, kid lawyer, (laughs) kid spy, kid journalist, you get it. Graphic novels with pastel or neon color palettes and picture books that make me cry. I kind of love this. I think we should maybe use this because realistic fiction is perfect. It is. It is. It is. And the only thing is it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be confusing if someone goes to, if we're like, it's a realistic fiction book and they go to a bookstore looking for the book we're recommending because people aren't, people are yeah. not using this as a category. But I do really like it. And yeah, let's start using it. This is a realistic fiction book. I think that's a really smart way to do it. It's funny. I didn't think we talked much about, I was like, were we talking a lot about sci-fi? I guess we did, or like genre books specifically. I guess we were talking about how a lot of them. Well, we were talking about a lot of crossover, yeah. like books that could go, because a lot of people say that Emily St. John Bendel is literary fiction, but she's also very much a sci-fi writer. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, I'm glad people got a lot out of it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. A uh, couple of bookmarks. First off, I just want to say, folks, if you are a bookseller or a librarian and you want a copy of Girls Make Movies, my new book that's coming out next month, if you are a school librarian, a kids librarian, a youth services librarian, uh, if you're a bookseller and your bookstore has a great kids section and you are and any of these things and you're looking for books for girls to make movies let me know i my publisher will send you a copy uh email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and i will get you one also bria we have some pretty exciting post max fun drive announcements whoa 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 wow y'all we're catching our breath poor mallory has sent out so many emails mallory has written (laughs) more emails if you like had to write all these like Remember that episode of Seinfeld where, like, doesn't someone die from licking so many stamps? That's you, but with emails. That's you, but... <laughs> oh, my God, that's so me right now. Yeah, that's you, but with emails. Uh, <laughs> we finished the drive. We somehow finished we the drive. We made it through. This is how time works. It ends eventually. And so we got yes. through the drive. Thank you to everyone who showed up for our live streams, for our... We did so much dumb stuff, and we really appreciate it. Everyone came out. People were supportive. I made a, gar- I, I made a gargoyle horniness flowchart. Mallory made a flowchart. People chart, showed up for it. Which, Mallory, we should take... I hope you still have that. We should put that on our Instagram oh, for yeah. sure. Um, but thank you. We got so much support from y'all from new upgrading and just current glassers who are just out there, like, shouting us out and, you know, keeping the energy going. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate it. And, Mallory, how many new boosting or upgrading members did we get? 691 so which is amazing because it unlocked that's it was almost our our top goal uh we got we're nine people away from getting the uh LA live event but we unlocked almost every single goal that we had mm-hmm. yeah that's right that yeah unfortunately we're not gonna do that next year next year we'll get the LA live event but what all we we gonna first of all Mallory and I have to learn reading rainbow on the slide whistle don't know how we're gonna mm-hmm. do that we're gonna do a live stream of us playing monster prom we tried to do it and it didn't work out during the during the drive Twitch Sorry. was not cooperating we, we, we we're, but we figured it out and now we will do it uh, we're doing a trivia show a readathon a book adaptation club a glass or voted book club which mm-hmm. you'll need to get into the Slack if you haven't because I feel like that's where we're gonna be voting. And soon we're going to do a new member Zoom party. So the first things that are going to be happening are the Monster Prom stream and the new new member Zoom party. The, the dates and times for that will be announced soon. So keep an 
year out, yeah, I guess. Gonna, we're going to take a breather for a second, you know? We, we got a year to do all of this stuff, but those will be coming <laughs> soon, and we're so excited for the new members to come and join us on Zoom. But yeah, we'll do it. Like, look forward to that in those in May. And that brings us to the most important announcement, which is to say we have sent out all the Slack invitations and all the recommendations. Uh, this, and we do want to say the recommendations were only during the drive. We've been getting some emails from people that are like, hey, I dare, here, can I get my book recommendation? I'm like, no, it was a exclusive during the drive, unfortunately. So if you email us weeks or months later we cannot we can we can put your recommendation in the queue to be read on the show yeah but the book personalized book recommendation was like a special exclusive during the drive uh, but if you have joined and emailed us and you haven't gotten your recommendation and you haven't gotten your slack invite let us know because every person who has emailed us and every single day i went into our spam box and looked for all the things that were just in case there were any any things in spam so uh, maybe it just didn't go through or whatever it is but all the people who have emailed us and we've received them have gotten their Slack invitations and their personalized recommendations. Yeah, if you, so you haven't had to join yours, before April 31st. April 31st, that was the cutoff. And you had to email us yeah. before uh, before May 31st or March 31st. Oh, yeah, sorry, March. Uh, uh, you had to email us. It was during the drive, um, but you can get your Slack invitation anytime. So if you maybe joined during the drive and forgot, you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com anytime and say, hey, I'm a Reading Glasses uh, member that supports you. Uh, here is my proof of membership, and we will put you in the Slack, and you can join it. We got we have almost 800 people in the Slack right now, which is bonkers. Uh, it is a bumping place to be. We would love to have you there, so email us anytime. Again, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate the support, and uh, it makes it possible for Brie and I to put out the show every week. Uh, so before we talk about sorting your books by mood, we're going to take a quick break. So, Bria, people have probably heard about microdosing. Mm -hmm. And if not, all they need to know is that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel better in all kinds of ways. Doing creative work is super fun, but sometimes it's hard to make yourself sit there for long enough to get into a good flow. Microdosing gummies can help you get centered and focus on the ideas you're working on so you can really dive into what you're doing. It can help you with sleeping it can help you with working out can help you with any pain you're going through or just you know enjoying the moment more and our show today is sponsored by microdose gummies microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of thc that can help you feel just the right amount of good wow we have to tell you microdose told us they've they sent over a lot of things that these things can do and we'll just tell you some of them they're so they can help you with sleep You know, like people, you can take one gummy an hour before you want to go to sleep and you can feel good and relaxed with all that. Like, you know, you get that chatter before you go to sleep. I know this is something happens to me where I'm like, I'm just thinking about the 20,000 things I have to do tomorrow. Mm -hmm. This can help you with that. They can also help you with pain, menstrual cramps. People talk about these gummies for menstrual cramps. You know, I mean, I'm a person who has cramps. Mallory has cramps. They're horrible. If your uterus is being grumpy, just throw a microdose gummy at it. Yeah, and then also... uh, They're great for being creative. Sometimes it's really hard to get creative on a consistent basis to sit down and actually start to write something. But microdose gummies can help with that too. There's so many things that these little gummies can help you out with. Tasty little gummies, I will say. Mm -hmm. So microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code GLASSES to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show notes. But again, that's microdose.com, code GLASSES. GLASSES. (laughs) 
Are you tired of being picked on for only wanting to talk about your cat at parties? Do you feel as though your friends don't understand the depth of love you have for your guinea pig? When you look around a room of people, do you wonder if they know sloths only have to eat one leaf a month? Have you ever dumped someone for saying they're just not an animal person? Us too. She's Alexis B. Preston. She's Ella McLeod. And we host Comfort Creatures, the show where you can't talk about your pets too much, animal trivia is our love language, and dragons are just as real as dinosaurs. Tune in to Comfort Creatures every Thursday on Maximum Fun. This week, we're exploring a new way to organize your books and choose your next read. Sorting books by mood. How do you do it? Will this help you find more books you love? And most importantly, will this improve your reading life? So first off, we want to shout out the Reading Glasses Slack channel, my favorite place on the internet, which is where I first saw people talking about this. And then I saw an article on Book Riot by Gina R. about it. So it seemed like a sign we should look into this mood sorting. Yeah. Are you so, in Bria, the mood what, what is... to sort your books <laughs> by mood? That wasn't very good. I'm in the mood uh, for sorting. Bria, what is... Tell us about what sorting sorting your books by movies. Yes. Okay. So this basically means, and this is this is also new to me, um, it's a way to categorize and think about your books differently. Okay. So instead of wheelhouse, genre, or doorway, you categorize a book as happy or sad or exciting or calming. It's going to make you cry. It's going to make you feel horny. I don't know. Whatever the primary <laughs> emotion or bodily feeling you get from feeling it, from from reading it, that's what you're sorting by. And so on your TBR shelf, whether that's like a physical shelf, a di digital list, whatever it is, you can sort your books into moods, as in here's a stack of happy books, here's a list of books that will supposedly make you cry, etc. So some book rating websites like Storygraph have mood tags to make this easier, so you can actually search for books that fall under a specific emotion. And these books might be, you know, adult or YA, they can be any genre, but the main thing, the main lens that you're looking through these books at is the mood. It's not necessarily the content of the book. It's what you feel when you're reading it. Mm -hmm. So, so Mallory, how does this help make people's reading lives better? So when I was researching mood reading, I was really struck by articles that were describing mood readers. Uh, and if you said, you know, you might be a mood reader if, and it's, if you start a lot of books but don't always finish them, you have piles of unfinished books around, your reading schedule is wicked sporadic because you only read when you feel like it, mm -hmm. you have a tough time with book clubs and reading challenges. And this led me to the conclusion that mood readers might also have a hard time figuring out their wheelhouses and doorways. Whoa. So basically, like, <laughs> people who write in or, and they're like, I don't know, I can't figure out my wheelhouse, I can't figure out my doorway. Maybe you're a mood reader. Maybe you're like, yeah. my, my, I'm all about the mood or, like, what I like to read is books that make me happy or what I like to read is books that mm -hmm. make me sad. You know, like, that is a particular type of book, even though it's going to cross a bunch of genres. Yeah, so if this is you, doesn't mean that you're bad at choosing books or reading. You might just have to look at your books differently and prioritize organizing them and choosing them by mood. You know, just lean into that mood reading. Set yourself up for success by, you know, reassessing your TBR, reassessing your reading schedule. Figure out what moods you like best and which ones you don't like at all. And it might help you choose more books you'll love and want to read more. And we got wheelhouses, we got doorways, and now we got mood. It's just a different way of, of looking at things. And maybe you don't fit into the other categories but doesn't mean you're bad at it just you're it's a different way of looking at books mm -hmm. so Bria are you a mood reader I don't think so kind of always in the mood 
for a book, for all books, <laughs> most books. Most books I'm in the mood for. Uh, Can we get, that's a great t-shirt. I'm in the mood for books. In the mood for books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, Mallory, I was going to say this at the beginning of the show. I've been having, I was in a bit of a slump. I have gone through several new books and read like 30%. And it's just been a really like, t- so I am, and it's, so it's not- the same thing happened to me. It's because of the fun drive. Oh. It's because when you spend two weeks straight doing nothing but book recommendations, yeah, it fries your fucking brain. And then I'm like reading stuff. I'm like, well, I would never recommend this book. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> I will say, okay, here's, and this is, this is, I think, while it's relevant. It's too, if something's too heavy or too dense, I'm, that is the time where I'm like, okay, like the heaviness of it. Like, it's like, this is so dark. Like grim dark books we've talked about that both of us are like, oh, that's sometimes a little too much. Um, like that is when I sort of like, I would have to be in a very specific mood for that. And maybe I'm never in the mood and I'm definitely more in the mood all of the time for a lighter, more fun book. Um, Mm -hmm. so basically I don't think that this is going to affect me that much, but I am, it is something that I think in the future I'll take into account if I'm like, okay, maybe I'm just not in the mood for this book at this moment. And I need to put this on a pile of like, Bria, when you want a real heavy book, here it is. Yeah. I've had, like, make that pile so I know I have it and I can come back to it at a later date. There's, like, a little storm cloud over the yeah, pile. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I look over there and it's just, like, it's, like, a dark, like, dark corner of my house. Just, like, a, like a pile <laughs> of books all, like, staring back at me. Um, what are you, What about you? Do you consider, do you think you're a mood reader? No, I don't think either oh. of us are. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I think about what attracts me to books and makes me love them, it's very rarely the mood. I think it's because I'm such a plot reader. It's mm-hmm. really plot and wheelhouse stuff. Uh, I definitely respect a book that evokes a strong mood, whatever that you know mood happens to be. But I don't think it would help me reorganize my TBR like that. Um, but I think, especially reading at this point six years in thousands and thousands and thousands of glasser emails i think there's a lot of mood readers out there that would really benefit from looking at their reading through this lens i think it's best to figure out your reading tendencies and lean into them instead of trying to change fundamental things about you and your habits to hit some kind of goal yeah and you know we we talk a lot about wheelhouses and doorways on this show but maybe that's just not you. And maybe your your doorway is just an empty hole. And <laughs> your wheelhouse your is oh, just I a, I see. a blank no, page. Well, that's still like an entrance. But the entrance is more like, yeah, like I don't know what a doorway is. Just maybe a, yeah. there's a fifth doorway and fifth doorway is mood. Oh, yeah, I like that. That's interesting. Like the fifth element. It's like a special, yeah. special cool door off to the side. But I think... Uh, you know, because we sometimes we we get emails from people that are like, oh, I'm having a really hard time figuring out my wheelhouse. I'm having a hard time figuring out my doorway. And I would bet that at least half of those people are mood readers. Mm-hmm. And they're, that's what they're trying, what A, attracts them to a book and B, keeps them there and C, makes them like love it. You which, know what I mean? Which is interesting because then it's like you don't even need to really figure it out, I guess. Right. You just are like, I'm a mood reader. So what mood I'm in is yeah, what, what I want. That, what you like to read generally. Mm-hmm. You know, well, there what, are some what people, we see them on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, like we see all the people on TikTok who are, who just love a book that makes them fucking they cry. Wanna cry. Out. This? They like, wanna they, cry. What is this? They wanna cry. They wanna cry. All the time. Which I, They know. wanna be horny. They wanna be happy, you know, and, and thanks to TikTok and Storygraph and a lot of places on the internet, you can search for happy books. You can search for books that will make me ruin my mascara from crying. You know, you can search for this stuff and yeah. it, it might be a little bit harder to find because it's not, you know, there are 
there's no bookstore that's like this is the happy section yeah. and this is the crying section yeah but if uh if you can use those social media apps to to search for things you can find a lot of books that you really like i think this will help some i don't think it'll help all the readers out there but i think it'll help some of the readers yeah I agree. I love. I love it, and I love that. I love finding. Look, this is all about. We want you to know more about yourself, and so this is such a mm-hmm. great way to figure that out. Like, if you're a person that is just like, oh, I have to be in the right mood, you can be a mood reader. Mm-hmm. So you can send your thoughts to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. So speaking of mood reading, with Dipsy's sexy audio stories, you can indulge in your blooming desires, newfound passions, and the thrill of taking risks. It's springtime, it is a time of growth and transformation, and Dipsy is here to help you explore the sensual side of renewal. But Bria, what's Dipsy? Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short sexy audio stories designed by women for women. It's radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners and 56% of the stories are voice acted by people of color. They also have soothing sleep stories, wellness sessions, and sexy stories you can read. You don't have to listen. You can read them instead. Listen, there's a reason we keep hearing from Dipsy. It's because our listeners love Dipsy. People love it. And so do we. It's very if cool. You are, if you are a person who, you know, maybe it's springtime, maybe you want to try something new, you've always been interested in erotica, you've always been interested in romance, maybe you watch some of our events over the Maximum Fun Drive and you were like, <laughs> I am very curious about this gargoyle erotica, you know, I'm very curious about sexy stories, but I don't know where to start. Folks, Dipsy is the place to go because when you start your Dipsy free trial, it's a whole free trial. You don't get, you know, just a little bit of things. You get access to the whole Dipsy whole app thing. for a whole month. So you get a whole month full of as many sexy stories as you could possibly listen to. And we know you got a lot of laundry to do. You got some time before bed. You got maybe a little walk around the neighborhood. You got a lot of time. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, you do. To listen to a sexy story. You do. And so for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial, like Mallory said, when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. Dipsystories.com slash glasses. Glasses. I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. Wow, Emily, we've been doing this podcast for 10 years. I know, but hey, don't worry. You can jump in at literally any episode and hear us talk about some of our favorite stuff, caterpillars becoming butterflies. Martha Stewart flying around in a private jet full of trees. Yes, you heard me right, trees. Neighbors becoming enemies. Just kidding. (laughs) Whatever messed up stuff we can find on Wikipedia. Our impeccable taste in everything from dogs to TV shows to bodily functions. And horses. Lots and lots of horses. Come for our horned up rants about the world. Stay for the catchy theme songs. You might not learn anything, but we're a good hang. Baby Geniuses. Every other week on MaximumFun.org. Baby Geniuses. Tell us something we don't know.
Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week's book tech was sent to us by Rick. Thank you very much, Rick. Uh, it is the flat panel reading nightlight. It is a flat piece of clear plastic that is about the size of a page of a trade paperback book. And it has a black handle on one side. And when you turn it on, the lights down the side go on. So you lay the clear plastic over the page and the whole page is lit up. Yeah. Is that a good page. description? Yeah, that is. It, it, the brand here, if you're looking for it, is the Juice. Juicy, Juicy, J-U-E-S-I. I think we had this for a minute. So thank you, Rick, for sending this our way. Uh, Mallory, what did you think of this this light? So it's a very unusual reading light. And for me, it has an equal amount of pros and cons. So the main pro being that the whole page is lit up. Yeah. And anyone who uses a book light that clips onto a book knows how irritating it is when you're reading a book in the dark and the light doesn't quite hit the bottom of the page. You know what I mean? There's like a little corona, a little little zone that is well lit, like, you know, from the top of the page, and then it starts to drop off from there. And um, this solves that problem. The, I, I, It is really nice that the whole page, top to bottom, is lit with an equal amount of light. And I think that is really cool. So if that's something that really bothers you with clip-on lights, this is the book light for you. The problem is that it because it lays directly on the page, you have to move it a lot. Yeah. You have to go, you've got like every page you read, you have to switch sides and move it every time you flip it. So it's not like a, a, a clip a book light that clips onto the top where you can just flip it whenever you want. You don't have to adjust anything. You literally have to adjust this every page that you read. And I found that pretty fucking annoying. But I really do like the coverage. It's very nice yeah. to get it. Yeah, and you don't lit have from to top clip. to bottom. Yeah, you don't. Okay, yeah. Okay. So what is your page? What's your page rating? So I'm overall I'm giving it a 3 out of 5 pages because we got big pros and big cons. Bria, what do you think? I'm going to say I'm going to give it the same. Look, apparently it was huge on BookTok. I'm looking at the reviews right now. People people really, really liked it on BookTok. It, it's not that relevant for me because I don't read. I'm going to read a Kindle in bed because it already has a light. But, um, You're like, bitch, my page is already lit up. It's lit screen. by itself. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think the idea is very cool, but the idea of moving it every page is a lot. I also don't like something really bright in the dark. I actually turn my Kindle down to zero. Like when I'm reading in the dark, like I turn it oh way, God. way down because it just or like to like one, I guess zero would be black. I don't know. But uh, I but, but I turn it way, way down. I don't like it super bright, like like, you know, blowing me up over here. The other thing and this did not this is not relevant, but it's people complain that it gets smudges and fingerprints on it. And that would drive me nuts. Yeah, you would have to clean it a lot because it's just plastic. It's not a piece of glass. So this would not be good to like snack and read. <laughs> In bed at night with the lights off? Are you snacking in bed with the lights off? <laughs> oh, my God. So here's a really weird story. So when I was a kid, me and my little sister had to share a bedroom. And I always have always had a hard, really hard time sleeping. So in the middle of the night, I would get up to read. And eventually I was like, man, maybe I should have some snacks. So I would sneak down to the kitchen and get a snack, which my favorite snack at the time was pretzels. You could tell I was an idiot child because what what person wants to eat pretzels in bed? But I like would bring them up and would eat my pretzels in bed. And when I was a kid, I didn't realize that other people can hear you chewing. Like I thought it was just a sound in your own head oh until God. one night it was like midnight so and I'm cute. reading and eating pretzels. And my, and my little sister was like... Shut up! You're chewing so loud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, that's cute. And I didn't know. That was the first time I was like, wow, other people can hear these crunching sounds. Like, I really thought it was just, like, totally enclosed in your head. Wait, were you reading or you were just eating? Oh, I was reading. And are you? did you have, like, a nightlight or, or like, a little flashlight? What would you use? Yeah, I had a clip-on book light. Okay. And and those big, huge sourdough pretzels oh my God. that you're, like, gnawing on like a dog. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, They're what so a weird loud. snack. It's very funny <laughs> to think about, like, the crumbs in your bed. Um, oh, all right, terrible. well, don't eat this. But this would be Pretzels, not good for that. not good. Oh, my gosh, can you imagine the smudging, the smudge, the level of smudge that would happen? You would just be cleaning this thing all the time. So I, I, I'm not for another thing in my house I have to clean. I think I have to clean too many things. <laughs> like, there's so many things where I'm like... They're like, you just need to clean this once a month. No big deal. But that shit adds up when you have to clean everything once a yeah. month. It's like, how often do I yeah, actually have much. to replace this stupid refrigerator, <laughs> like, filtration system? That I need to do that today. That's on my head. Mind. How? Uh, that is a good question because how often do you need to replace Whenever it the tells me, which system? is pretty often. I think it's every three months. But I don't know. I actually don't know. Um, anyway, Mallory, uh, three out of five pages. Thank you for sending this. We did enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I think... I feel like this would probably have, like, a really specific use. Like, yeah. it might be a situation where you're like, man, I really need full coverage. I need, you're reading a spell aloud from <laughs> a tome in the woods in the dark of night, and you need full coverage on that page. This would be fantastic. But I think I'm going to stick with my clip-on nightlight. I just don't, I also, you know, everyone knows I read really fast. Like, I don't want to be, like, flipping and flopping this thing around every few <laughs> seconds. Like, uh, so if you want us to test out some book tech, you can send your ideas to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or you can check out our wish list in the show notes. Time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Elima writes in, I am a writer and several of my friends are authors. I love to support them by buying their books and attending their signings. I also happen to hate clutter and I usually don't keep books after I read them. I prefer to send books off into the world again to be read rather than seeing them take up space in my house. Here's the problem. I don't know what to do with books that my friends have signed and personalized for me. Normally when I finish reading a book, I'll drop it off at the Little Free Library, but I live in fear that one of these books will find its way back mm -hmm. to its author and my friend will realize I donated their very kindly personal personalized book but I don't really want to keep books I'm done reading and will never read again please help also here's my wheelhouse which is post-apocalyptic survival with a glimmer of hope for the future near future space exploration without aliens unreliable narrators ambiguous endings women on the home front in England during World War II English women who move to the countryside and open a small business and feminist memoirs Bria what do you think about this what do you think Elima should do um okay well first of all congratulations on having so many cool friends <laughs> yeah. um okay mallory here's the thing could you could you just cut out the page this is my first thought is like just this is a problem for me too because i also don't keep books around and sometimes i'll be like "Ooh, someone did sign this over to me but could i lend it to someone or give it to someone but what if that person gives it away and then they see it somehow. That It's like, it, this is a problem. I'm holding on to books I do not want because someone signed my name into them. So then I was like, could you, okay, it's, if it's on the cover, no. Or the inside cover or whatever. But if you could cut it out, that could work. Just saying. With a razor blade? Yeah, like a razor like blade. Like you're, like a heist? No, like you're like. Scissors. Just 
cut that thing out. I don't know. Um, also, I also have a specific name, so it would be very, if you were at a little free ride library and you're like, Tabria, you'd be like, um, <laughs> yeah. I think I know who who's this is. Um, okay, if you can't cut it out, my suggestion suggestion is having um, a friend, uh, like have a pile of books that people can take. Um, so if your name is in it, your friends can take it. And that way, you know, it's not going to a stranger. And just to warn them, hey, that thing that has my name in it. So don't give it away to anyone you don't know. Uh, you know, don't don't put it in a little free library because I don't want anybody to make sure that that uh, I don't want anybody to because I do think it would probably hurt people's feelings if they saw the book that they sent signed over to you in a little free library. Don't you think? I think it depends. Yeah, I guess so. But those are my two suggestions. One, cut it out. Or you could literally, like, <laughs> exit out of the book. I mean, you're giving this book away for free. I mean, you could, like, mark it out or give away just I think it depends books. on what page the author is signing on. Well, a lot of times they're signing on the title page, right? Yeah, I, I sign on the title page, and then I cross my name out and sign over it. Yeah, so you could cut that page out. Get yourself a little exacto <laughs> knife. Cut that thing out. This is, I'm going to try this. Jeweler's loop. Follow up with me in a few weeks because I've been inspired by this because there's a lot I'm holding on to. And I was like, you're right. I don't need to hold on to these. There's books I don't even hardly like that have been signed to me. And I don't need to hold on to them. All right. Do you have yeah. a better, what do you, you have a better suggestion? Well, I do say this is a pickle. I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's something that Brie and I both very much uh, uh, sympathize with. I would say, Honestly, to start out, you gotta stem the flow. Like you gotta, <laughs> you gotta stop this problem before it starts. When your friend releases a book and signs one to you, tell them that you are gifting it and ask them not to personalize it. Oh yeah, that's great. That's great. Just to, yeah, just sign. Don't put my name on it. Yeah, yeah. when because both of us have tons of author friends, and when I buy my friends' books, I, I'm very rarely like, please sign it to me. Like most of the time, I'm like, you don't have to sign it. Like I'm just a. You know, I'm not a like a I'm I'm not a, per, a a reader that you have to impress here. You don't have oh, to. Oh, I do love any. when my friends sign stuff for me though, because it feels like oh, I, no. <laughs> it feels to me like uh, a way to like I don't know acknowledge their work or something that like I think of you as a writer. Like I don't know. There's part of it that like feels important to me for my friends to like. But sign only for a little until you bring it until home. I'm ready apparently, it's already <laughs> to ship it off. <laughs> Uh, I would I would say that this person in particular is someone who's who's like me and doesn't you know uh, doesn't need to have the signed book. Um, I would just stop ask them stop having them sign your name. <laughs> yeah, that's smart. Stem <laughs> you the know? flow. I like this. Stem the flow. Uh, <laughs> stem that flow. <laughs> um, and I I really promise you they're not going to be offended, especially if you're like, because most of the time when a friend of mine writes a book, I have already read it yeah. in its arc form. Yeah. So when I, if I'm getting a, a a copy signed, I'm like, hey, I'm going to give this to someone, just sign it. You know, they'll they'll love that. Authors want you to give their books to other people. And also, I agree with Bria, you got to get rid of those books. Um, we are here to absolve you of your book guilt. If you are worried about the author somehow finding out, which has a non-zero chance of happening, because sometimes people take pictures. I, I, I have a few friends who like always people always send them photos of like their books in bookstores or used bookstores yeah. and like that could end up on the internet. Um, so, you know, you, I agree with Bria. You can cut, depending on what the page is, you can cut it out. You can cross your name out. Put a fucking sticker on that thing. Sticker. Do some yeah, white out. Yeah, sticker's a good idea. Like, get a cool, bunch of cool stickers that people yep. won't recognize. And just, and just put it in there and whatever. But I really think you got to get rid of those books because that pile is just going to continue to build and it's going to give you bad feelings and you're going to feel 
that horrible combination of like obligation, but also not wanting a thing. Mm -hmm. So nothing is worse than like having something in your house that you really want to get rid of, but you feel obligated to have it. Like when your aunt buys you an ugly sweater and you hate it and you want to bring it to a clothes swap, but like you feel obligated to keep it in your closet for a certain amount of time. No, as soon as you get that home, just get rid of it, you know, uh, donate it, give it to someone. I think a, I think a friend basket of books is actually a really cool idea, but I, I definitely I think do, you should I get rid of it. I suggest this all the time and don't have it in my house. So again, check in with me soon because I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the friend basket. <laughs> Next time I see you, I can't wait to look at this beautiful basket full of books by the door. Um, but it, again, it, I think the best thing to do is in the future, set yourself up for success and tell your friends to not sign things to you that you're giving them to somebody because it's true you could then then, then it makes a then you have a nice signed hardcover or finished copy of a book to give as, as a gift it's a win-win for everybody yeah uh so if you want us to solve your reader problem you can send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com as always we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our facebook group and remember if you want to look sexy and show off your bookishness and help us feed our cats and birthday the dog you can buy reading glasses merch over at our void merch store we have cool stickers i saw someone recently in the slack channel posting there my other car is a tbr list uh stickers on their reading journal we got all kinds of shirts and all kinds of not just colors but different cuts and different fabrics which Ooh. is fucking cool and tote bags and pillows all kinds of fun stuff so there's a link in the show notes for that and if you like the show and you want to do something really nice for us that is completely free and will take you less than a minute of your time get out your phone open the mobile app of whatever podcast listening app you've got and find reading glasses and give us a uh five star rating and review it is great for us and helps us reach more listeners helps us get more glassers in the world you can email us at reading glasses podcast at gmail.com find us on twitter reading g podcast on instagram at reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks for reading thanks for reading <laughs> <laughs>